freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening and watching wherever you get your podcast and video podcasts subscribe share like comment and rate us you can find us on instagram youtube and twitch at unsolicited underscore perspectives on twitter and tiktok at unsolicited underscore per watch us live every thursday night 7 30 p.m eastern on youtube and twitch our audience continues to grow with each and every episode and i humbly thank you on today's episode i'm talking african-american history month and movies Chinese space balloons, and the time I finesse myself out of two women. But first things first. So we talked, me and my sister talked about Black History Month. And at the end of the last episode, I was talking about Movies that you should go see, you know, and and I stand by going to see certain movies that are going to teach you the history of black Americans in this country. You know, Roots is a really good one. Selma, Rosewood, uh, documentaries like Eyes on the Prize. These things are going to teach you about the history of black people in this country from the Atlantic slave trade all the way down to the civil rights movement. But as I said that, Um, on the last podcast, I started to think about what people would get from watching these movies. See, we, as people tend to, if, if you're trying to be aware, say in your personal life, things aren't as bad as that person has it, right? Like, you can walk down the street and you can see a homeless person and say, well, at least I have a roof over my head. And that's true. For you, you have a roof over your head compared to that homeless person that they don't. So therefore, you're in a better situation in that standpoint. But it, that doesn't minimize whatever it is that you got going on in your life just because you're in a better situation than the next person, right? So in watching these movies going from slavery to the civil rights where Either we were enslaved or we literally couldn't go into certain, use certain bathrooms or water fountains or certain schools and things of that nature. The benefit is you get a sense of history, right? Like, like you're, you're learning about history and it's given in a perspective where people could see it. And when people see things as opposed to reading it, they, they get more of the impact, which is a good thing, right? Like that's a really good thing. The problem is, is by looking at these movies, a person that isn't black will look at it and say, well, at least they're better off than what they were. And in a sense, that's absolutely true. Like, we're not slaves anymore. And and I can't drink from any water fountain and and use any bathroom that I want to use. And as I've expressed on previous episodes, the bathroom thing is a big deal to me. It's a really big deal. So, (laughs) so, So I'm happy. But but by saying that, oh, things aren't as bad as what they used to be, you can kind of look past this at, well, things still aren't good. But unless you're in it, unless you're experiencing it, 
you wouldn't know that unless you talk to people or see people. And and during the pandemic, the world slowed down and people were forced because of George Floyd, forced to at least acknowledge, hey, yo, the police be killing a lot of black folks out here, right? Like that didn't that didn't need to happen. And and part of the it's not a benefit, but part of the the learning process uh, for people that may have it might still be pissed off that Colin Kaepernick took a knee is that they, they saw, Hey, you know what? The cops aren't always right. Where maybe they defended the cops all the time. You know, those blue lives matter people. And, and, and some of them still will defend cops all the time and not see what cops are doing to black folks. And that goes into the history of, of black folks in the portrayal in cinema and on television and on radio, uh, going back to the serials back in the day, you know, I expressed it when I was talking to my sister, how the portrayal of black people in these movies is always the criminal, right? Like it's, it's always that, that person that's down that alley that you need to be fearful of. And, and if you don't have experience with black people, those flyover states, people often talk about those flyover states, but what happens with those flyover states is people are really spread out, right? And, and you have whole communities who really don't go up around black people, don't go up around other other races, ethnicities, uh, other religions, right? So the only way that you know what these people are like or how they're portrayed on television. And that bleeds into everybody's biases. So I I get, no, I don't get when people say blue lives matter. That's I, I don't get that. But I get when you try to defend the cops. And once again, not all cop, cops are bad. Me and my sister often talk about how we are not generalizing. We are saying the institutions aren't good. The individual people in the institutions don't have to all be bad. And, and they're not all bad. But the institutions in themselves are bad. Uh, policing was started to catch free slaves. Policing was used to enforce segregation. Like policing was used to enforce making sure black people didn't move into certain areas or, or even maneuver in certain areas. The, the, if, if the government was a mafia family, the police was the muscle, right? They were an enforcer. They were the Luca Brazzi's of, of Don Corleone's uh, of army, right? So to, to, to not understand that is to not understand history. But back to my larger point is the portrayals. So the portrayals in media, if we're not writing it ourselves, historically not been good. And also the portrayals have been slaves or Jim Crow movement. And and for somebody looking at that and looking at the historical context of that, they will say, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. You know, why don't they get over it? And that's completely negating everything that's happening right now, because to say things aren't still bad would just be flat wrong. And then once again, it goes back to my original analogy, just because that person walking down the street looks at that homeless person and sees the fact that that homeless person has a roof over their head and that they are in a better position than they are in that, than that homeless person does not mean that that person that has the home still isn't going through his own stuff. Still isn't going through something real. And I've said it previously, 
I don't like to get into these comparisons of trauma, right? What is bad for you might not be bad for me. Uh, I know I personally have gone through a divorce. I'm okay. Like it's okay. I didn't really, I don't have any lingering effects over it. I am one of those type of people where that type of thing didn't affect me. I know other people who've gone through a divorce and they haven't recovered. And it's been years. It's been like 10 years since mine. So, I mean, if I hadn't recovered by this time, something would really be wrong. But I know people 10, 15 years who just haven't recovered or it's five years and they're still angry about it, right? That we've gone through the same trauma and the sense of it's a divorce, but the individual trauma in that divorce is obviously different because what they went through and what I went through isn't the same thing. So these comparisons of traumas really, really bother me and I'm not going to get into it. So when I see I'm doing a little bit better than the next person, I'm appreciative of the fact that, yeah, I'm doing a little bit better than the next person. But that's still, I'm not going to brush off whatever I'm going through or whatever I'm dealing with as it's not important. It's still really, really important. And that goes back to my larger point. Just because we're not slaves anymore or living in segregation or all those types of things, that doesn't negate what we're actually going through now because we're still going through hell. The hell isn't what it used to be. But it's still hell. There's still plenty of black people being killed by the cops on a daily basis. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's a problem. There's still black, there's still a wage gap between black people and white people. There's still an equity gap between black people and white people. There are still large gaps. And if you can't understand that, understand it by this analogy. If we're running a race and I get a giant head start, let's say we're running a mile race, right? And we're running around a track. So you got to run around a track four times. And I get a three lap lead. How the hell are you going to compete with me in that race? You're not. So why would you think that things would be equal now? Or why would you expect that just because black people have more rights now than they did 60 years ago, that that gap would have been closed? It's not closed. There are generational head starts that people have over black people. And, and when we talk about history, especially Black History Month, you know, I, I bring up Tulsa and the massacre. I bring up, I bring up the Oaki, Okoye massacre in Florida. I messed that all up, but you, you I brought it up before. before. It's O-C-C-O-E or O-C-O-E-E. I think that's what it was. Look it up. It's in, it's in Florida, Rosewood in Florida. But, but there, there are numerous stories of Black people after slavery, given the opportunity, building these communities, thriving in these communities and these communities being absolutely destroyed and black people being running out, run out of these communities, having to start over. It's consistently a situation having to start over when we and my sister talked about the black and Asian relations. 
and the fact that Koreans in the 60s were given rights to loans to start small businesses in the black neighborhoods and the black people that lived in those neighborhoods were not eligible to have these loans. Once again, that's being held back from the race. So how would you expect black people to catch up? By just making things equal? No. I mean, eventually, hopefully, you catch up in the race, right? Eventually, hopefully, as generations pass, it's no longer a three-lap lead. It's no longer a two-lap lead. Maybe it's just a one-lap lead. And maybe that person is so exceptional in, in racing that they can catch that person even if they got a lead. And we've done it. Like, there are absolutely instances where we have been held back, but we still did it. We had a Black president, Right. The fact of the matter is that black president was exceptional. So to say that like, anybody could do that is not the case because it hadn't been done before. And I don't know when it's going to be done again. Right. But that person is exceptional. Whatever ideas that you have about that person and the, and, and the person I'm talking about is obviously the former president, Barack Obama, whatever political differences that you have with that person. That you have to admit that person is exceptional to get to that point with everything that he grew up with because he was actually born in Jim Crow, just like my parents. I, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm the first generation of my family born with my rights. My parents weren't born with their rights. They were born in 57 and 58, 57 and 58. Civil Rights Act in 1967 didn't even pass till my mom was 10 years old. Voting Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, is 1967. Civil Rights was 1965, but still, you see the point, right? And my mom's father was from South Carolina, so when she would go down to visit him as a little girl, guess what? The segregation. That's in my parents' lifetime. I'm the first generation that was born with all the rights. So go back to all the way back because I'm. I'm not rambling, but I'm I'm pulling all these things to make it a larger point. The larger point is during Black History Month, if you are going to watch these movies, which I suggest that you do, consistently learn true history about what has gone on in this country because you didn't really learn it in school. I'm going to just tell you, being somebody who went to school to be an educator, I'm telling you, I've seen a curriculum. And, and I've seen the curriculum, the curriculum I was at the University of Maryland teaching in student teaching in Maryland schools. I've seen the curriculum. Doesn't teach you all the history that you need to know. Just realize as you are watching these movies and you are seeing, oh, well, black people aren't in slavery anymore. Oh, black people have more rights now. Just realize the fight is still not over. All right, so <laughs> there was a Chinese spy balloon floating over the country, and there's a big uproar about what is President Biden doing, allowing this balloon to just go through the United States, and eventually they shot it down. It took a couple of days, but they shot it down. Then there's and 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 as this is happening, as the balloon is floating. Certain news organizations are going absolutely nuts. They're having people come on from the former administration, the Trump administration, saying, 
These things would never happen under our watch. Biden is weak against China, this, that, and the other, and only to find out that, oh yeah, we had three instances of this actually happen during the Trump administration and they never told us. Okay. What is my opinion about all this? My unsolicited perspective. Well, I'm going to go with the fact that the tribalism of this country is going to see fault on both. Uh, it's going to see fault on one side, not both sides, right? If you voted for Trump, if you rock with Trump, Biden is wrong in everything that he does and, and in every way. If you voted for Biden or if you just absolutely hate Trump, Trump is wrong for everything that he's done, no matter what. And the argument is a lot more nuanced than that. Let's start with Biden. Should he have shot it down earlier? I don't know. I don't know what intelligence they have. I don't know if they know what's actually in this balloon. What do you think is just one of those little red balloons that you go to the the carnival or the amusement park and it's just filled with air and it's just... They don't know what it is. They don't know if they shoot it, if it's going to release a deadly gas, if it's going to release a deadly powder, if it's got a bomb in there. I'm sure they're trying to collect intelligence to find out what exactly is going on. And China was smart enough to realize that they're going to take a little while to figure out what's going on. We're going to attach some stuff and send it uh, so we can spy. And that's how we're going to do. By the way, to to get upset that a country is spying on us, like that's a given, right? Because we're spying on other countries. But that's neither here nor there. Let's just talk about... Biden's response to it, Um, I guess once it becomes public, you should you should say, all right, hey, look, we don't know what it is. This is the reason why we haven't shot it down yet. As soon as we find out that it's not dangerous, if we shoot it down, then that's what we're going to do. And that's kind of what they did. They waited until it got to an area where they're, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that dangerous to shoot it down. And then they shot it down. more information, right? If you give us more information, does that help? That leads me to Trump, right? Because he has a a background of covering stuff up and, and being, I'm being super generous right now, extremely less than truthful. Our natural inclination is to be like, oh, he was absolutely hiding something and not giving us information. But kind of let's be honest with ourselves. A person can be intelligent. People are stupid. Sometimes we don't need to get all the information because a person can digest that, but people will not digest it well. For instance, I'm almost positive that we're not the only beings in the universe. I'm almost positive that we've had contact with other beings from other planets. I'm almost positive about that. And I'm also positive that the government should never tell us until they have to tell us, because if they did tell us, we would be hysterical. You don't think that we would be, you don't think that we would be hysterical? Go back throughout our history. We actually uh, believed witches were real. And this was only like a few hundred years ago. Like there are some things that that we do that's just, we're not that bright sometimes as people. So maybe less information is for the better. And if 
we had known that there were three balloons, Chinese spy balloons, that had happened through the four-year period of the Trump administration, there would have been a frenzy. So I kind of understand keeping that information away from us and not telling us. But he doesn't get the benefit of a doubt because he's been such a liar, right? Like he's been such a liar. So we can't give him the benefit of a doubt. So what's the right answer in this situation? Who did the right thing? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not a president, nor do I want to be. I don't want to be a president to have to make those type of decisions. Because let me tell you something. If I was president, I don't care how dumb people are by and large. I'm just going to be honest and tell y'all the raw real. I'd give up all the secrets. I'd be like, look, there is aliens. We didn't have contact with them. We say what's up to them every now and then. How you think our technology has advanced uh, so rapidly over the last 50, 60 years? Because we've been getting some help. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, by the way, we are always two seconds from World War. We're always on a nuclear watch. Yeah, it's been a couple of times where we almost let loose a couple of times. Uh, Putin might bomb some stuff. We might have to go get that. You know, I, I would just I would just be honest. And people, the country would be in a blaze. It'd be in a blaze because, it, once again, a person can be smart. But people together are dumb as hell. So, you know, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, the idea that Biden is weak on China, I don't see that. I don't see him being weak on on any of these uh, countries. Um, I think they know that we're not playing. Does he have some things that he says? And I'm just like, oh, Joe, why you got to say it like that? Yeah. Like, I'm a supporter of President Biden. I can also acknowledge he's old as hell. And like, both of them are old as hell. And I'm getting tired of our leaders being old as hell. Why don't we get some nice middle-aged young young leaders? I mean, at least W, and at least when you go back to the presidents before these guys, right? You go back to Clinton. You go back to W, you go back to Barack. Like they were all like, I mean, they weren't old is is relative to the young kid. There's going to be some young kids out there. Gen Z is is like 50 is old as hell. 55 is old as hell. It's it's, it's not as old as 80, right? It's it's not that old. So people that, that, that jump on Biden for saying, and he has golfs or, you know, I, I'm a person, I'm 42 years old. And let me tell you, my sister hates this word. I misspeak all the time. I mess up on words all the time. I say the wrong word all the time. Um, my brain tends to move faster than my mouth can get the words out. I also had a speech impediment. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things. I had a stutter when I was younger. I, I'm hiding a lisp. Like the lisp comes out when I'm drinking. Uh, the after hours uncensored show when, when I had a few, the lisp might come out. You might see it. So, you know, I have, you know, mess mess up in my words as well. Trump is somebody who just doesn't speak intelligently, right? Like that's his knocks on knock on him. Like he says the same words over and over again. His adjectives are very elemental. Um and that's something that, you know, people that that support Biden or hate Trump will jump on. The fact of the matter is the bigger, larger point is this tribal nature in America 
will lead to something that could be similar to a civil war without the actual military violence right but but to to tear the fabric of this country because people are dug in on their particular sides and not really understanding there is nuance that goes along with absolutely everything and i want you to pay attention to the narrative and who's pushing the narrative i want you to pay attention to certain news organizations that push certain narratives and i know what you I know what everybody out there thinks that I'm saying. So I'm going to be clear in what I'm saying. It's not just Fox News. Right? And I'm not just talking about Newsmax or one I'm not I'm not talking about the right-wing conservative news organizations. I'm talking left as well. I'm talking news organizations. Pay attention to the narrative that you're getting because they're giving you a narrative to paint something in your mind, right? I will ask each and every person out there, where are you getting your information? If you're getting your information from one source or if you're getting your information from a bunch of sources, but the sources are pretty much the same. In other words, if you're getting your information from Fox, uh, uh, Newsmax and, and what is it, OWN or whatever, if you're getting your information from that and nothing else, you're getting one perspective. If you're getting your information from MSNBC and what's another left wing, and they used to say CNN was left wing, but I always thought CNN played closer to the middle, maybe lean more, uh, lean more conservative. But it, I think there's been some shakeups there, and they're leaning more and more conservative, um, more conservative than MSNBC, but still not as conservative as as Fox and and nowhere close to to Newsmax and all those other people. Um, I can't even think of. Another left-leaning, left-leaning news organization kind of stays with MSNBC, but you have publications, right? New York Post, New York Times, Washington Post, Washington Times, um, and and all that in between. They come from different perspectives. Get the story from all perspectives, right? And then form your opinion. But go into all those perspectives with an open mind. If you go in with an open mind and you're digesting multiple perspectives of the same subject, you can legitimately come to your own personal opinion on the matter. If you're open-minded, if you're not open-minded and you're closed-minded and you, and, and, and you're going into it basically like, this is what I believe you got to prove me wrong. Well, Good luck with that, because most people are so egotistical that they're they don't feel that they're wrong. Most people don't want to admit that they're wrong. So even when they're wrong, they're still going to say that they're right, no matter how much evidence is thrown in their face. We've seen it throughout history. We've seen it. We've seen it in court cases where the evidence clearly shows one thing or the other and the jury has made up their mind and it doesn't matter what the evidence is. They're going to make a decision based on that. We do that in our everyday lives. And I'm not getting on my higher horse and saying that I don't do the same things in a way. I'm a, I'm a major hypocrite. I talk about canceling R Kelly. I talk about canceling Charles uh, Weinstein. I talk about canceling Louis CK. 
I still have not watched that Michael Jackson documentary about from from his two accusers, right? Um, and I and I can openly admit why that is. And if you can admit it to yourself, that's a step in the right direction. I don't want to feel uncomfortable about liking Michael Jackson. Trump supporters don't want to feel uncomfortable about voting for Trump. So to defend him, or they'll say he did some good things. Okay. People that support Biden will support him no matter what, because they don't want to feel uncomfortable. People won't talk about race or religion or all that stuff because they don't want to be uncomfortable. My goddaughter asked me one time, talking about my divorce, right? My goddaughter asked me one time, I moved back in to the first apartment complex that me and my ex were living in when we were going through our engagement leading to the marriage. We split up. I moved to a different part of the city and then I moved back to this apartment community. And my goddaughter asked me, she's like, why would you do that? You're faced every day with with dealing with uh, the fact that y'all aren't together anymore. And I said, sometimes you got to put yourself in the fire to heal. Sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to learn. And like I said, <laughs> I, I'm going to make a promise on this show. I promise that I'm going to watch that documentary about Michael Jackson. I'm going to go into it open-minded, trying to watch it without bias and really learn about what happened. And I'm going to come back and report it on the show and talk about what I've learned and how that all affected me. Because I can't come out, I can't come on this show talking to you guys about what you should be doing in your everyday lives if I'm unwilling to do the same thing. So I'm going to do it. Let's all do it together. Let's take something that we're uncomfortable with Go and read about it, learn about it, watch about it, watch it with an open mind, open heart and really try to learn, lean into that discomfort. Let's try to do it with all things. Let's try to look at this situation with the Chinese spy balloons, not with the tribalism and just look at it for what it is. Chinese spying on us, just like we're spying on them. And there are other countries spying on us, just like we're spying on them. You got to expect that, right? How we respond to it is key. I don't know what the right answer is. Do you? Okay. Here's a story about the time I finessed myself out of two women. This is a painful one. Not really. I think it's funny. Well, not funny. I think it's interesting. So let me get into it. I'm in high school. It's my senior year. I'm going to, the names of these people are going to remain nameless, but let's just say, uh, let's just give them names. So there's two girls. Let's just give them names of uh, Teresa and Mary. And I had a friend named Brian, right? So Teresa and Mary and Brian all part of the story. So Teresa and Mary are best friends. And I think Teresa and Mary are both fine. Now, 
I'm a little bit more interested in Teresa, but Mary is a-okay with me. Like I will date either one of them. And one of them I become more friendly with than the other. And it's Marie. Uh Maria. Marie. I forgot the names that I already gave them. Good God. <laughs> I forgot the names that I already gave them. This this story is gonna be interesting. I can't give out the real names. All right, it's Brian, Teresa, and Marie. All right. So I become really good friends with Marie, even though I like Teresa more. And I tell Marie, hey, do you think Teresa would be interested in me? Mind you, they're best friends. So Marie tells me, yeah, Teresa might be interested. And you want me to get you more information? I'm like, yeah, give me more information. This is what I didn't know. What I didn't know was they both liked me, but Marie liked me more than Teresa. So instead of Marie telling me this, she tries to set me up with Teresa. The whole time, Brian is on the outside looking in. Now, let me tell you about my relationship with my friend, Brian. I don't like him. All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's my friend, but I don't like him. I don't like him because I don't trust him. I do not trust this person, but he's a friend. I, I, I can't explain the dynamics of this. It's a high school guy, friends. There's a lot of guys out there that have friends that they don't trust that they don't trust, but that there's some element, there's some characteristic about them that that they find cool and that they want to hang out with. For me, what was that characteristic about Brian that was cool that I wanted to hang out with him? I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. He was a friend of a friend and he was in the group. So that's what it was. That's what it was. So the whole time for weeks, Marie is, is kind of, you know, not passing on messages to Teresa, but giving me more and more information about Teresa because I'm about to make this move, right? And there's this big party at this little kitty club because we're all under 18. This is a big party at this little kitty club. And Maria was like, go ahead and make your move on Teresa that night. So we're all dancing and having time and Brian's right beside me. And, 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 and I go up to Maria and I say, yeah, you know, I'm gonna go up to, Teresa and tell her what's up. She's like, okay. So I go up to Teresa and tell her what's up. And Teresa was like, I think you're great. But you know, Marie really, really likes you. And I can't do that to my friend. I say, what? What the hell are you talking about? This is the first of my knowledge. See, I've been talking to her for weeks. We've been cooling and, and chilling and during lunch, been giving me game to get to get close to you. And the whole time, She's feeling me and didn't say anything. Why didn't she say anything to me? She was like, I, I don't know. Maybe she thought that you just like me more, but like, I can't do that to my girl. So like, I, like, I can't, I can't hang out with you like that. As I'm walking to Marie, Brian passes me and he goes and starts to dance with Teresa. Cause they kind of know each other, right? Like when we're in high school, we all know each other. And I go up to Marie and I'm like, Marie, like, why didn't you tell me that you like me? I like you too. Now it's coming off as I, as she's second place. And she is, she is second place. But had I known that she liked me, all right, if they both liked me equally and I had my choice, it would have been Teresa. But if I knew that Teresa would never date me because Marie liked me more than Teresa, then I would have went with Marie because I would have dated them both. 
And fact of the matter is now, now as I'm telling this story, <laughs> now as I'm telling this story and I'm going back in time, I'm hanging out with Marie. I'm already attracted to her. I already said that I would like her, but I'm hanging out with her for weeks on end trying to get the inside track with Teresa. And I'm having fun with Marie. So the whole time I didn't, it's, it's like one of those high school movies, right? Like, I don't know if they still make it today, but back in the day, like can't hardly wait. And, and, uh, all that, all that was a TV show, but you know what I'm talking about where there's this awakening and the guy was like, no, I really, really liked you. Yes. That's kind of what I went through. The only problem was, is that Re wasn't feeling it now because she was like, no, you wanted to go after my friend. You didn't want to go after me. I'm not interested anymore. So I go to a table and sit down and I'm sitting here wondering to myself, what the hell happened? So I'm sitting down. I'm kind of depressed because I didn't finesse myself out of two girls that I actually like. And I look over to the dance floor and Brian is dancing with both of them. And I'm like, did this punk kind of set me up? Because he knew that I liked both of them. It was his idea for me to go after Teresa. Now that I'm telling this story, Brian is a punk. Yo, I like him even less now. He's a punk. I like him even less now. He set me up. And that's the reason why I don't rock with him. Still don't rock with him to today. Matter of fact, now if I see him on the street, I might give him a two-piece because now, in retrospect, I'm realizing that behind the scenes, he was the one playing puppet master and screwing everything up. And I think he ended up dating or he was king of smashing all the chicks. So I think he may have smashed one of them. I think he played me out and he smashed one of them where I would have treated them nice because I wasn't a cheater back then. I would have treated them nice and been good to them. And you know what? They never got over it because I saw Marie years later. She was working at macy's or something like a store like that and i was in there buying clothes and i was like hey girl what's up how you doing blah 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 she was not having it that but what's crazy is is somewhere after that point i think she before the school year let out she did say hey let's get together and we just didn't get together i don't know what it was but i was excited because i did i had a crush on both of them i liked one more actually this is a theme throughout my life Now I'm about to give y'all a sneak peek into my life. This is a theme throughout my life in absolutely every situation that I've had a dating scenario. There has always been a choice between two women. Always. It's always been a choice of two women. And I always choose the wrong one. Always always choose the wrong one. And you would think that you would say to yourself, Bruce, well, why don't you go get your better logic? You know, what you typically would choose, do the opposite. I did that one time. I'm not going to tell you who she was that I chose, but that was the ultimate wrong choice. I think you know where I'm going with that. But but that was the time I finessed myself out of two women. And it wouldn't be the only time I played best friends off of each other. There was one time in college I played best friends off of each other but that one worked because I had learned from this scenario. You know what? I'll tell that story on my uncensored version of my show that you can catch on our Patreon page. But on that note, 
that's the end of this week's episode uh, of just me. I know that this is the first time uh, this season where it's just been just me. And there was some stuff that I wanted to get off my chest about uh, Black History Month and the balloon that I didn't want tied to any other interviews. I'm really cognizant of when I do these interviews to really not have too much of a before and after because I don't want, even if I put the disclaimer up of these are my views, these aren't my guest views, I still don't want my guests ever being tied to whatever thing that I may say that may or may not be controversial, may come off as controversial. So I had some stuff that I wanted to say and I'm not attaching any interviews to this, but don't worry, there'll be interviews next week. We're coming back with that. But if you enjoy this show and you enjoy just me and you want to hear me being raw, real, uncensored, where I can cuss and everything and tell you the true X-rated, uh, not triple X, because my mom be listening, uh, but the true X-rated versions of my stories, you need to jump on our Patreon page because me and my sister do an uncensored show once a week and I do my own uncensored sh- show once a week. It's like four hours of content per month for only $5. Click the link in our bios to get all the information. But until next time, I'm a holler. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, howdy 5,000. Peace. Freedom over fame, the cycle stays the same. Freedom, freedom over fame. Freedom over fame. Freedom over fame, the cycle stays the same.